Nice to be back up here again. I can't remember how many years. I think it's actually decades since I was here, but it's lovely to be back up here and not be in Keswick again. May the Lord bless us as we worship together tonight. Let's sing now from Psalm 25, verses 4 to 10. That's page 231. Psalm 25, page Uh, 231 verses 4 to 10 Show me thy ways, O Lord, thy paths, O teach thou me And do thou lead me in thy truth, therein my teacher be For thou art God that dost to me salvation send And I upon thee all the day expecting to attend To verse 10, to God's praise Let's draw near the Lord in prayer and let's pray. Lord, we look inside ourselves and we are always disappointed. We look up to you and we're never disappointed. We look at who you are and your own Son, your blessed Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, and we are never disappointed. And yet we find ourselves all too often cold in our hearts. 
We often wonder if we have really come to know him at all when we think so little of him. How can it be that we could go through hours in a day, or a day itself, or for some go through days at a time without thinking seriously on the one who has been sent by you to be the saviour of your people? the one who has done so much for us and at such great cost to himself. And even tonight as he reigns over the universe, we know that he can never forget that he did plumb the depths of the torments of hell before he was appointed to rule with the government upon his shoulders forever and ever. Lord, we thank you for these communion seasons by which you are able to bring us back to your word and to focus once again on who you are in Christ. And we do want, Lord, more and more to know you and to respond to that knowledge, to give you ourselves. We don't want, Lord, to go through these days just going through the motions because we happen to have a communion season at this time of year. We want, Lord, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would meet with us, feed us, take your own word, Lord, and place it deeply in our souls and our minds and our wills so that we will think about it, so that we will be willing to will your will with the whole of our will. Lord, we ask that you would be pleased to touch us at the very core of our being. Don't allow the evil one to allow us just to hear the word and barely have it on the surface. Lord, may it go down deep. Who else can do that but your own powerful Holy Spirit? We need your word. It's like manna to our souls. You gave us a taste for it, and we know that we're always out of sync when we try to live without your word or when we unintentionally leave it aside due to busyness of life and ministry. Lord, we need your word, so please feed us over these days. Thank you for the folks who have gathered here tonight in honour of you and to want, Lord, to be ready to draw near to the Lord's table. Father, we pray that each and every one of them would be addressed by you in your word, by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, that you would remember all who are in the leadership, that you would grant them a burden for the people. Grant them, Lord, we pray, to have that prayerful path to your throne day and night as they care for the people who are placed under them. Lord, we know that all of us will, and it scares us, Lord, that we will have to give an account to you. Oh, Father, thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for the way in which you are so merciful, and even in the midst of wrath you remember mercy. Lord, on a day like today, when there are so many difficult things going on in the world, so many wars, wars in Africa, wars in the Middle East, wars in Europe, so many places where there are tribal conflicts, where there are national conflicts, where people are being bombed, where there are so many people crying out to you. Oh, Father, how good it is that even in the midst of these days you are able to build your church. And we thank you, Lord, for the, the wonderful reports that even in days like this in the Ukraine that you are building your church mightily and that soldiers are crying out for Gospels, crying out for the Word of God. Oh, may it be, Lord, that you would respond to those people who are crying out, whether in Russia, Ukraine, in Israel, or in Gaza, 
whether in Yemen or Afghanistan, whether in the tribal conflicts in Nigeria. Lord, we pray that you would work in the midst of these conflicts. We do pray for peace, Lord. Oh, Lord, we long for peace because how could we ever want to hear anyone screaming in pain or in bereavement or having lost everything. We don't want that, Lord. So we do cry out to you that you would show mercy in the midst of all this. Father, we would pray that you would remember those who rule over us, that you would grant to them shoulders to bear the burden and give them, Lord, not to be those who follow the people, but those who have an instinct for you and your laws and your moral laws. Give them the courage, we pray, to stand up and be counted and to be those who will stand on the side of truth and righteousness. Draw near to us now, Lord, we would pray. Have mercy upon us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing again now from Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and sing psalms, and we'll sing verses 1 to 10. That's page 40, if you have the psalm book. At all times I will bless the Lord. I'll praise him with my voice. Because I glory in the Lord, let troubled souls rejoice. 34, 1 to 10, to God's praise.
Let's read the word of God now from the book of Psalms and we'll read Psalm 121 and 122. The book of Psalms, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your food be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I was glad when they said to me, Let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you, Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Amen. And may the Lord bless to us that reading, these readings from his own holy inspired word. Let's sing further now from Psalm 5 in the Sing Psalms version. We'll sing verses 1 to 8. Psalm 5, verses 1 to 8. O Lord, give ear to what I say. Think on me as I sigh. And listen, O my King and God, as I plead earnestly for help, because to you I cry. To the end of verse 8. To God's praise. Bye. 
again now to the book of Psalms in Psalm 122 Psalm 122 I was glad when they said to me let's go to the house of the Lord our feet have been standing within your gates O Jerusalem Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. An absolutely brilliant psalm. You'll notice in the last four verses from verse 6, there's a theme there, peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Peace be within your walls. I will say, peace be within you. I want to look at peace tonight. Christians, peace and the joy of salvation. Tomorrow morning and tomorrow evening, we will look at peace in other aspects as it relates to the death of Christ and the mission of the church. But tonight, Christians, peace and the joy of salvation. This man, whoever he was, who arrived up in Jerusalem, we'll look through the psalm in a moment. He's arrived there, he's thrilled, he's excited, he's amazed at what he sees. But then in verse 6, this theme of peace punctures everything for him. He wants people to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Is it because there is no peace in Jerusalem that he wants prayer for such peace? I don't think so. I think he's so thrilled with what he's found in Jerusalem, in that earthly Jerusalem so many centuries ago. Absolutely thrilled with what he's found. He's found peace. He's found peace among the Lord's people. He's found peace with God himself. And he is thrilled with that. But he knows that peace is something that must always be prayed for. And that's why he says there, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Never, ever take peace for granted. You and I don't have to be told that on a day like today where there are wars in Europe, wars in the Middle East, wars all over the world. We don't need to be told that peace is fragile. Some of you will remember the promises. Remember when we were told that there's a new world order beginning in Europe, shortly before Yugoslavia broke up with horrendous wars and massive losses. And now we're living in a world where peace is very fragile. Well, you might say that's what we would expect in the world. Where the world is turning away from God, it will not remain united with itself, even in its disobedience. 
But what about the church of Jesus Christ? What about the people of God? What about those who profess his name? Surely there you will find peace. And peace that will be lasting. Peace that will endure. You and I, if we have lived long enough, surely we know that peace within the church is also very fragile. I remember when I was converted in Inmergordon a number of decades ago and being so full of the wonder of the gospel, absolutely thrilled. And then a few days after my conversion, I heard two Christians falling out with one another and I felt sick to my stomach. I really never thought that that would happen. How foolish. One learns to get used to that now. Peace is fragile. But every Christian is bound to seek to live peaceably with one another and with those on the outside where at all possible. Peace is what this place should be known for. This building and the people who worship here pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Here's somebody who knew what peace was. He knew it wasn't perfect. But he wanted more of that peace. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. You notice you've got, may they be secure who love you. And then security within your towers. It's the same word in the Hebrew there, or at least from the same root. And it's this idea of being carefree, being at ease, being at rest. When there is peace in Jerusalem, then the people of God can rest. There's that beautiful place where they can relax, be at ease, feel that security within your towers. Well, that's what this psalmist longs for here. Peace be within your walls. And then in verse 8, For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. It's not just for himself. It's not just so that he will feel good. He says, For my friends, for my brothers, for my companions in the Lord, I pray and I'll say, Peace be within you. Do you want your own fellow believers to experience that peace, that sense of ease, that feeling of being at rest in God, in Christ? Remember, you have to work at that. It's not for you to seek your own peace only, but to actually seek the peace of others as well. The absence of the undesirable and the presence of the desirable. If you are looking at the word peace in Hebrew, you'll know it. You've heard it often enough. Shalom. Beautiful word. And that word shalom talks about something being complete. It doesn't matter which direction you look in, whether it be up or down, east or west, wherever it is, any direction, you know that there is peace. Shalom. Whatever situation that you're in, you know that there is peace. God may bring into your experience, and he's done it for so many of us, difficult days, difficult times, difficult messages, difficult texts, Terrible news comes. And you think, surely on a day when such terrible news comes, that will be the day when God will stay outside the door and peace, the peace of God, will not come in. Not at all. Whenever the text comes, whenever the message comes, God himself always comes 
because peace to him is precious. That shalom is something that he himself creates. If you were looking at that same word peace in Greek, it would be irene. You may have heard the word irenical. But that word comes from airo, a verb which means to join. And that's a beautiful way to think of peace. Everything is joined together. There are no gaps. There are no blanks. When you know the peace of God, you know that everything works together for good. The links are always there. The gaps, yes, the gaps are the things that the devil seeks to point out to you. And you must respond by faith and say, no, I am connected. I have never been so connected. Just like this man who went to Jerusalem on pilgrimage. He was aware that he was so connected that nothing, nothing at all was missing. And it's a beautiful situation to be in. Let's see how he got there. Let's look at the rest of the psalm. Look first of all at peace and the, the gospel invitation. In verse 1 there he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Here's somebody who was invited to go on pilgrimage. Invited to go to Jerusalem. And clearly he had never ever been there. This was a first for him. And he was invited by people who probably had already gone. And they knew the experience and what it meant for them. So of course they were ready to go and invite others to join with them as they returned on pilgrimage. And they say to this man, come, let's go to the house of the Lord. And this man says, I was so glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Isn't it good that somebody said to this man, let's go. How many of you are in Christ today because somebody came alongside you and said, let's go? It's not that they're saying to you, go to Christ. They're saying to you, come to Christ. I'm already there. I have already tasted. I know how precious Christ is. I know how precious the gospel is. I know what it is to worship God in Christ. To my sins forgiven. And I'm saying to you, come, join. It's a beautiful thing, you see, when people invite others. Of course God can work without people. He can bring people to a standstill. Of course he can. There was Saul on the way to Damascus. He had left the people behind him. Maybe he remembers some of the things that Stephen said. But he's there on the journey and then the Lord with laser-like intensity shines light on him and then speaks to him and brings Saul to his knees. And he becomes a changed man. God can do that directly. Of course he can. But Saul, who became Paul, didn't then say, Oh well, let's see who else God will do that to throughout the world. I'll just stay in Antioch and wait to hear the news of all the people who will become Christians when God, through Christ, shines a light on them in their darkness. No. Paul said, I must go. The Spirit said, Paul and Barnabas, you must go. And you must go and invite others to come to this beautiful Christ. See, the people who were going to Jerusalem, they knew exactly where they were going. And that's why they could invite with assurance and with convictions the people 
to follow them. When you have that experience, surely the test of the very fact that you have an experience of grace in Christ is that you ask others to come. If you can live contentedly without asking anyone else to come to Christ, I question if you're in Christ at all. How could it possibly be that you're in Christ if you don't want anyone else to be rescued and you yourself don't want to share anything with anyone about him? That's not normal. No, once the light has come on you, you become light yourself. Once you've become somebody associated with the water of the gospel, it flows through you as a channel to others. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's the beauty. That's what's normal to be sharing the gospel. And that's what this group of people did. They came to this man and they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. And notice what he says, I was glad. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Satan whispered in the ears of those people who were thinking of inviting, don't bother. They're not going to come. They're not going to leave their fields. They're not going to leave their families. They're not going to make this journey. They've got far more important things to do in life. Don't bother asking. Listen. It may well be that there will be somebody that will be glad when you invite them. You invite them. Because you know the peace of the gospel yourself and you want them to experience it. Even I was invited. Then the second thing here... I can't believe I'm here. In verse 2, our feet. You can just imagine the amazement. He's looking down at his feet and he says, Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. It's one thing to be invited. It's another thing to arrive there and to say, I'm here. I've never been here before. This is so new for me. Our feet, they're actually standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. The joy of being called. Yeah, I was glad when they invited me. But that then is replaced by the joy of arrival once they're in the gates. It wasn't something ordinary. It wasn't something every day. It wasn't commonplace. They thought, this is special. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. See, when they arrive there, they, they, they look around and they say, Jerusalem. It's like a city bound firmly together. They're looking around at the architecture. They're looking around at the buildings, they're looking at the temple, the palace, they're looking at the homes of the people. And they're amazed how designed it is, how compact it is, how cohesive it is. And then they look around and they say, this is the place that the tribes go up to. Maybe they're looking over there and they're seeing somebody from Isaacar. And there's somebody from Sebulun, and there's somebody from Judah, and look, there's somebody from Ephraim. They're all, they're all gathering here. The tribes are going up, the tribes of the Lord. And all of them, they're coming together, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. 
And here's this man and he's looking around at this beautiful city with the worship of God at his heart and all these different people <laughs> from different backgrounds and they're all there to give thanks together. And there's something beautiful about that. That, that is the church of Jesus Christ. We've come from different backgrounds, different levels in society, different depths of sin. And here we are tonight, we're gathering together within the church of Jesus Christ and we're looking around and we're saying, look, there's somebody. I never thought that person would be here. How beautiful to see them. I remember people, when I became a Christian, I thought it would be so easy to see people converted because it made such sense to me. Once I came to know God and Christ, it just made sense. And I thought, if I just go out and tell people about this Christ, they'll believe it. And it was such a shock to find that they wouldn't believe it. And then came a point where I thought, nobody's going to believe it. And then you realize, wait a minute. This is something that God is able to do. He's able to turn people and bring them in to the church. People that I never expected to be saved. People I never expected to be changed. Never expected them to humble themselves before God but humble themselves they did and never expected them to name the name of Jesus Christ and then I hear them praying in a prayer meeting beautiful Abs, have you lost the wonder of grace do you realise how magnificent it is when God does such things well this man he was amazed at the tribes as they go up the perfection the unity and the goal of giving thanks how beautiful the joy of arrival you know when you became a Christian weren't you happy when you first began to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour were you not happy wasn't there joy and when you gathered together at the Lord's table perhaps for the first time when you professed faith and maybe there is somebody here who is yet to profess the faith that they have remember the joy there's that joy Remember the joy of coming to a Lord's Day when you thought, I want a Lord's Day. There was a time when I dreaded it. Then a time came when I said, I want it. I want the Word. I want the worship. I want the singing. I want the handshake. I want the hug. I want to be under the power of God in his word. Lord's Day. Midweek meetings. They were really oases. That's what we wanted. We were like children. Needing the pure milk of God's word. The joy. The joy of conversion. We've arrived the joy of professing faith we've arrived the joy of heaven can you can you imagine the beauty of arriving in heaven I've said it so often my, my, my mother the day she died she was being taken to a medical practice she wasn't particularly unwell that day but a Christian in the village had a taxi service and he, Dolly, was driving my mother 
and they were driving he he was driving the car and he was talking she was talking he was talking she was talking he talked she stopped just so quickly entered into heaven in the middle of a conversation can you imagine the joy can you imagine the sheer rapture in the heart oh I don't think I don't think she would have said I wished I could have finished that conversation no her mind would be so taken up our feet are standing here and then she could look round and see people who were our fellow worshippers on earth people from all the different directions and they've all gathered there and she's seen them and she knows it's them they may not have bodies but that doesn't stop knowledge of one another in heaven not for a moment nobody with a sense of lostness in heaven nobody with a sense of ignorance of one another they know who's there and they know the beauty and how thankful they are and I'm sure they could rightly say oh I am glad that person that first invited me to the gospel I am so so glad because look where I am now I am in heaven because they took the time to invite me and then can you imagine the the resurrection can you really imagine the resurrection when God's people who have been in heaven and those who are still on earth they will receive their bodies glorified Christ-like perfect not only are they able to think not only are they able to feel not only are they able to will with perfect holiness but they are able to do forever and ever in a righteous body made for a world in which only righteousness can dwell we may be at an age where our bodies hold us back yeah but not after the resurrection our feet are standing here in a new heaven in a new earth joy perfection unity focus well if they gave thanks to the name of the Lord when they were there on earth in Jerusalem you can be quite sure heaven and the new heavens and earth will be full of thanks to the name of the Lord and who will be there will it only be perfect Christians people who are perfect on earth no no it will be people who have looked to Christ until the end of their days like Paul they said chief of sinners that's what I am but here I am I'm saved I can't believe I'm here can't believe I was invited can't believe I'm here something else you'll notice here in verse 5 their thrones for judgment were set the thrones of the house of David and you might think well why bring in a negative now 
Why bring in judgment? <laughs> but if you're saying that, you don't understand. See, there were two houses in Jerusalem. There was a house of the Lord where God was enthroned over his people. And there was a house of the king. And he was enthroned by God to look out for his people. And the true king would always want to promote the law of God and judge Judge in the sense of rule the people of God rightly. That's what the king was meant to do. So when this man comes up to Jerusalem, he's looking around and he's enjoying the people. He's enjoying the worship. He's enjoying the thanksgiving. And he's also noticing this is the place where I'm under the king's protection. This is the place where I'm under the lordship of the king. This is the place where I will learn God's ways, God's truth, God's judgments, God's statutes, God's commandments, God's testimonies. You might be thinking, why is the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, about God's law and yet I challenge you can you find a happier chapter somebody who loves God's word feeds on it wants his life to be shaped by it cries when he sees that people are not living by it here is somebody who knows what it's like to be under God's word and it's good because when you're under the word, you're under God's protection. Do you want to be outside his protection? Surely not. God's law, it challenges a Christian, but he knows that his sins are forgiven. God's law is unchangeable. It tells us what God is like tells us how to shape our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is the fulfillment of that law. We want to be under the King's protection. Please, 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 don't be the kind of Christian who lives without a Bible. Be the kind of Christian who reads the Scripture, just like this worshipper, their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. And then, finally, the new priorities. See, this, this man, he says, I can't forget you. I can't forget you. I commit myself to praying for the people of God and I commit myself to looking out for the good of the people of God. We've mentioned this prayer for peace. He is committed now to seeking the peace of the people of God and he's also committed for the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So here are people then, and this is what all God's people are like, surely. They are people who are committed to prayer, and they are people who are committed to well-doing, to doing good, and not wearying. They keep on going in order to be a help to others. That's their new priorities. There was a time they didn't care about any of this. But now they do. Why? Because they've tasted of that peace for themselves. They've tasted of that shalom. They've tasted of that sense of all is well. 
no matter the situation in life, no matter the diagnosis, no matter the death blows that come, no matter the utter, utter disappointment and disillusion, still you're able to say, He's here. All is connected. He will not let me go. Thou will keep in perfect peace those whose heart is stayed upon the Lord. Can't forget them. See, this man, he won't go back to the land of Judah or the land of Israel. He won't go back and just carry on as he did before. No, no. His life has changed. He remembers where he was. He knows where he belongs. And he has commitments now to the Lord's people. So there's peace in Christian experience. Because of this peace in the gospel invitation. Peace in the church of God. Peace under the Lordship of Christ. Leading to peace and new priorities. Peace. In the end of the day. Those of you who will come to the Lord's table tomorrow. You will be coming. Because of that peace. That you have already tasted. You want more. To write you want more. That shows how real it is. But you know. That what you have got. Is absolutely real. May the Lord bless his word. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we would ask that you would continue to bring your own word home to us. Bring the truth home to us by the power of your own Holy Spirit. Don't allow us, Lord, we pray, to live in the shallows or to be taken up with things in the world that keep us away from you. But everywhere we are, wherever you put our feet, help us to remember above all where our feet are truly standing, that we're in the people of God, sheltering under the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that as we ponder him, as we go to sleep tonight, may it be, Lord, that we will be in a position to worship him throughout the night hours and then in the morning and as we come to the Lord's table be our leader be our guide you said in this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world he's the one that has a peace to give us not as the world gives to right you give us a peace that rises above everything else. Keep us, Lord, and forgive us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that psalm now, Psalm 122. Is it the Sing Psalms or the Scottish Psalter? Scottish Psalter. Psalm 122 in the Scottish Psalter. I joyed when to the house of God go up the said to me Jerusalem within thy gates our feet shall standing be the whole psalm to God's praise
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.